So tonight, we're going to talk about what must I do to be saved? So, the very first question that comes to mind, if I'm talking to Betty or somebody like that, Betty says, well, I know what that means. Right, Betty? Yes. Okay. But if I'm talking to somebody who doesn't understand that, and they say to me, what must I do to be saved? How would we explain that? How would we break that down for them? Are you equipped with the knowledge to talk, to witness to somebody, to answer that question? So when I say, what must I do to be saved? As a lost person, they came to me, or, and, I, and I told them, you must be saved. And they said, what must I do to be saved? The first question that's going to come to mind for them is, what is saved? Saved from what? Saved to what? What must I do to be saved? There is so much in that question. Context means everything. What am I saved from? What am I saved to? What is saved even mean? The second question is how to be saved. What is the process? The third question, and this always comes up. I mean, this comes up, I mean, 98% of the time, that's it? That's all I have to do to be saved, really? It's that easy? The fourth question, how do I know that I am saved? And so we're going to address this. Now, this is not thoroughly in-depth. This is a quick, to give you a little bit of working knowledge so you can answer these questions. Because we who are born-again Christians, we have no problem understanding the first question, what must I do to be saved? We, don't, we, we have no problem understanding that. But how do we explain it to those who have no idea the language we are speaking? What, you know, every job, every walk of life has its own vernacular, its own slang. My wife's a nurse. I don't understand all of the nursing vernacular. I talk baseball. She doesn't understand the baseball vernacular. I talk computers. I, a lot of people glaze, get glazed eyes when I start talking in the computer slang. Every job, every walk of life has its own vernacular, its own slang. So how do we convey the meaning of what must I do to be saved to those who have no idea what it means? They don't understand you're starting from scratch. They got to wrap their head around this whole idea. Salvation is the act of believing on Jesus Christ. That's it. That's, that's what salvation is. The act of believing on Jesus Christ. The perfect, sinless sacrifice that God sent to earth to fulfill prophecy. And pay the sin debt all men and women and children owe to God. Everyone who's ever been born has been born into sin. Christ died, paid that debt for you. Salvation is the act of calling on Jesus and accepting the gift of God. That's what salvation is. The Bible tells us all men are going to go to hell unless they believe on the name of the Lord Jesus. It's a fact. Salvation is what is saved. Salvation is saved from the burning pit of hell, the price required for sin. Salvation is eternal life, not eternal death in the pit of hell, eternal life 
with God the Father in heaven and in his kingdom that he rebuilds here, or not on this earth, but he rebuilds a new heaven and a new earth. Death is two parts. There is the physical death, all of us on the face of this earth right now, most of us are aware of where the life leaves this vessel of clay, and we are then no longer on the face of this earth. Most of us on earth understand the physical death. Most of us. Spiritual death, once we die here, spiritual death is separation from God, from the light of his perfect holiness. That is the second death. Because when you're not in the light you are in, the pit. That is the second death. That is what you must be saved from. What is saved? Salvation is the act of believing on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and his redemptive work on the cross at Calvary. Saved from what? From a uh, second death, an everlasting death in the pit of hell. That is what you were saved from. Saved to what are we saved to? Life in heaven with the Father. We will not pay the debt of our sin. He has already paid it by believing in the sacrifice he uh, gave for us. That's when we get salvation. Spiritual death is separation from God. Revelations 20, 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Everybody says, well, hell is not an actual lake of fire. I, I won't go to a fire. It's eternal darkness. It's eternal. No, right here. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. There's no mincing these words. This is the second death. The second death, the spiritual death, is being cast into the lake of fire separated eternally from God in torments, in perpetual thirst, forever knowing you made a choice to not believe, and that choice is what has sent you to the torment. That choice. Salvation is the means whereby we gain eternal life with God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. Salvation is through Jesus Christ and Jesus alone. For Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. Well, what does that mean? How did we get lost? Well, sin. Sin, Adam and Eve disobeyed God. They did. We pay the price for it. Sin drove us from the Garden of Eden. Sin keeps us from the Father. Sin binds us to our need for salvation. Sin is something we today have lost sight of. Not that it's no longer here. We just don't call it that anymore. We have stopped preaching sin. We have stopped calling sin, sin. And instead, we rationalize it. We rename it. We marginalize it. And we water it down to disease, sickness, defect, choice, alternative. It's sin. This is why we stop preaching death and hell, because if we preach death and hell, we have to preach sin. And if we preach sin, it means somebody's wrong. And if somebody's wrong, it means they have to get right with God. And if any man happens to think he's not right with God, oh no, that's the end of the world. We can't tell them they're not right with God. Well, you better. 
Sin is sin, no matter what I call it, no matter what you call it. God calls it sin. It is sin. Period. End of story. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God cannot abide darkness in his presence. Sin is that darkness. Christ came and died that we might be able to be restored to fellowship with God. That we might have his righteousness imparted to us, making us now able to go before the Father. Because if we are sin-filled, we cannot go before the Father. When we are filled with the Spirit, when Christ died for us and we accept that, we are no longer sin-filled, still sinners, but we have his righteousness and in his right, his adoption into his family, we are adopted. We can stand before God. That's what salvation is. The wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sin is sin. The wages of sin is death. That's what sin is. This is talking about the spiritual second death. Through our sin, we have earned death, both physical and spiritual. We have sinned. We are natural born sinners. It comes easy to us. We do not have to be taught how to sin. You don't have to teach that little two and three year old how to take things and run away because they don't want to give them up or how to say no back to you do that. No, you don't have to teach them. They pick that up naturally. <laughs> so if we are all sinners, how do we get saved? Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's it. That's why everybody says, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's the process. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That is all that you have to do. No communions necessary. No baptism is necessary. No Hail Marys. No 12-step programs. No confession booth. No self-flagellation. No discipleship program. No Bible college necessary. Just believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. No need to be Baptist. No need to be Catholic. No need to be Methodist. Just a need to believe. To know you are a sinner, wholly incapable of getting yourself to heaven. Because the second you think you're good enough, that's when you need God. None of us are righteous. No, not one. There is no need of confession of sin. As a non-believer, when you don't understand, you know your actions might be wrong for society, but you don't understand the depth of that action being sin against the God of the universe. You don't. Once you get saved, then you understand what sin is. Once you get saved, then you have the Spirit pricking you. Once you get saved, then you understand all the things that you <laughs> have to pay for. So once you get saved, God opens your mind to the understanding. Then you can start repenting. Until you get saved, you don't understand what that means. Call on the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. You cannot confess 
what you don't know. If I had to rely on salvation by confessing every little sin I ever did, I could never get saved because I'm not going to remember it all. God doesn't ask you to remember and confess everything. He asks you to confess your sins after you're saved and out of fellowship with him. When you call on the name of the Lord Jesus, that's all it takes to be saved. Once you're a child of his, he will hold you accountable for the sin. When you're not a child of his, he will hold you accountable only for rejecting him. You don't know about the sin because he's not there in your heart telling you. Once you become a child of God, then you know about the sin. Then he's convicting you. Then he's working on you about the life you should be living. There is only a need to confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord. That he is resurrected from the dead. The only begotten Son of God who shed his perfect blood on the cross as a sacrifice, as the sacrifice for you and me that we might go to heaven. That's what you got to do. There is one way and one way only to hell. Not believing on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't believe on Jesus. You're not going to heaven. You're going to hell. And when you look up and you say, but God, why are you throwing me in hell? God's going to say, I'm not. Your choice sends you there. There is one sin the Father cannot forgive. And that is rejecting his son and the price he paid for us. Jesus is God in human form. God incarnate. His only begotten son, because that's the only way we know how to describe it. The spirit came upon Mary. Mary became pregnant with God himself. Human body, full God, merged together. We don't understand it. We know about it, but we don't understand it. The Father came to this earth, walked and talked amongst us, with us, died for us. You reject that price, you're going to hell. You call upon his name, going to heaven. It's really a very simple process. Salvation, what is saved? Believing on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and escaping the price of, uh, of sin. By going to heaven instead of hell. Because he paid it. What's the process? Believing on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Once you believe in the name of Christ. And that salvation is through him. And him alone. What's next? I mean how will I know? And I mean really know. That I'm saved. Well first what you got to understand is this. That feeling. That thrill up your leg. The feeling of being saved, the feeling of being saved will come and go. It will. You're going to have doubts. You're going to have questions. You're going to have valleys. You're going to have mountaintops. As you progress through life, you will have doubt. You will have uncertainty. Feelings are that way. 1 John 5.13, however, tells you how you know that you know. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. 
These things John has wrote in 1 John unto us that we might know that we have eternal life. You may know and have confidence in him that you are saved. Because only he knows the genuineness of your heart when you call on the name of the Lord Jesus. Only he knows if you meant it. Only he knows if he reached down and if he saved you and wrote your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Only you and him have that total knowledge. But you and him have that total knowledge, and that's how you know that you know. You may doubt and you may question. Satan will come along and tell you that God can't possibly love someone as vile and wicked as you. Don't you dare fall for his love. God loves someone as vile and wicked as you when he died on that cross. If he'll die on that cross for you, he will give you salvation if you ask for it. Trust me, I know. I'm as vile and wicked as anybody else. If you believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are saved. Period. End of story. Can a Christian be saved in sin? Oh, absolutely. But it will burn in your heart if you have truly trusted on Christ. The Spirit will convict you of sin. The conscience will convict you of sin. The Bible will convict you of sin. Confess it and stay in fellowship with Him and you will be okay. Again, this morning we talked about confessing it. Confess with your mouth means agree with God and say it calls sin, sin. Father, I have sinned. I'm turning from that. I'm turning right back to you. I'm turning my back on it. It has no part of me. It is sin and you don't like it. Therefore, I don't like it as well. That's what that confession of sin means. Ask God to show you and teach you and guide you. Ask God. The one who created this earth and gave you physical life. The one who came and died for you. The one who gave you the spirit and the word. The one who has done everything for you on this walk. And all you've got to do is say, hey, can you help me a little more? And he's going to help you a little more. Ask him to show you. Ask him to teach you. Ask him to guide you. And he will bring to light those things that must be confessed. Those things that stand in the way of your fellowship with him, he will help you. He's already done it all. He can do a little more. He loves you. He loves you enough to do a little more. Once you believe on the name of the Lord Jesus, once you have confessed with your mouth, personal opinion right here, parentheses, I believe it should be out loud, even if no one is around. That you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Personally, personal opinion. Confess with your mouth is Bible. Confessing it out loud is my opinion. That Jesus is Lord, you will know, know that you're saved. If you sit there and you say it out loud, because I'm telling you, you go out to your wife and you just think, I love you, I love you. She's going to go, does he love me? He never says it. Right? I didn't hear an amen from the other room. <laughs> God wants to hear you say it. Once you say it out loud, once you acknowledge that sin out loud, once you confess Jesus with your mouth out loud, it's out there. It's in the world. Even if only you and him know it, you and God will know it. There will be no turning back at that point. Then when Satan comes around, 
and you question your salvation, just point back to the place and time where you placed your, your trust in Christ and know that you were saved. Union, Missouri, 1977-1978, I placed my trust in Christ. Got baptized in the Merrimack River there in Union, Missouri. I remember. I was there. I can go back to that. I can go back to that and I can know I'm saved. Why? Because I called on the name of the Lord Jesus. And if I called on him and he said you are saved, that's it. His word is bond. His word is unbreakable. So what must I do to be saved? Let's go back to our four questions. Four questions. What is saved? Saved is salvation, believing on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to escape the pit of hell, to escape the debt of the sin. Saved from what? Hell. Saved to what? To eternal life in heaven with God the Father. What is the process? Call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The third question. That's it? Oh yeah, that's it. That easy. Fourth question. How do I know to be saved? First John. These things have I written unto you that ye may know that ye have eternal life. That is what you must do to be saved. Nothing more. It is very simply a choice. A need for something greater than yourself. Something that can get you out of that miserable place you're in. The state of sin is a miserable place to be. Christ is the way, the truth, the life. There is no other way to heaven but by him. Salvation is the gift freely given by God, freely given to us by God. But there was a price paid for that gift. That price was him going to Calvary and dying in the agony of a human, the most cruel death ever devised in the shedding of his own blood. That is what your salvation cost him. And it costs you absolutely nothing except to believe. The one thing God cannot forgive is the rejection of his gift. His dying on the cross, shedding his own blood for you. That's what God cannot forgive. The wages of sin are death, but the gift, the gift of God is eternal life. In the words of Christ himself, God incarnate, John 4.10, Jesus answered and said unto her, the lady at the well, If thou knewest the gift of God, eternal life, and who it is that saith to thee, God himself, give me to drink, thou wouldest ask of him, and he would have given thee living water. Jesus knows the gift of God. He is the gift of God. And that gift is salvation, freely offered to all. All we must do is ask. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. A gift. God gave his Son that we might have life. A gift. That is salvation. Freely given. Freely offered to be freely accepted or to be freely rejected. Every single one of these things has a flip side. 
God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Flip side, we just did this a few weeks ago. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth not in him shall perish and have everlasting death. That's the price of not accepting the gift. That's the price of rejecting Christ. That's the price of not calling on his name. Don't get me wrong, you can't be flippant when you do it. You've got to recognize Christ as the Christ, the only way to heaven. Salvation is a gift freely given, freely offered, to be freely accepted or freely rejected. That rejection of God's gift is the one thing you cannot be saved from. All else is forgivable. Rejecting the price paid on the cross for you is the one thing God will not forgive. What must you do to be saved? You must call on the name of the Lord. Confess Jesus as Lord with your mouth and believe in and believe on him for your trip to heaven, your life in heaven, your escape from the death of hell. It's a, such a simple thing, but it is so very hard a thing to do. Very few actually do it because they cannot understand the simplicity. We're going to close with this. He that believeth on him is not condemned. If you believe on Christ, you are not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. To go to hell, you don't have to do a thing, but continue on the path you're on. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now let me read that without me paraphrasing. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. What must I do to be saved? You must call on the name of Jesus. That's it. So simple yet so very hard. But that choice is the difference between heaven or hell. And that choice is yours.